AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AOA. Thank you so much for joining us, letting us be part of your day and kicking off a new week. Hope you had a good weekend. And we're starting the week off in Chicago at the DTN Ag Summit. Good to have everyone back in person again after being a a virtual event last year. We'll be talking with some of the folks here at the Ag Summit. We'll be talking with representatives from Winfield United, with John Deere, and with Growmark coming up on today's program. We're going to kick it off with someone who we usually talk with each Monday, but usually over the phone. We get to talk with him in person this time, John Baranek, DTN meteorologist. Good to see you. Good to see you, Mike. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine talking over the phone, but seeing you in person and talking in person is a much better experience. I'll say that. It's good to see people again face to face and be at events like this. And uh, you're going to be on the program here tomorrow. And I was kind of kidding you uh, that I'm sure the farmers are going to be asking you for specific weather on specific dates, like for planting on their farm next year. We haven't quite got the precision ag weather down that much, though, have we? We're not there yet. <laughs> no, no. Outlooks outlooks are great and everything. I know everybody wants to know, can I plant March 15th? Uh, or am I going to have to wait until May 15th? But, you know, we're, we're getting closer. It's just probably going to be outside of our lifetimes before we get that specific. Well, let's focus on this coming week and in, in the kind of the rest of the year now. You, you've told me that the uh, there's kind of one system moving through and another one coming right behind it. What should we expect this week? Yeah, so we had a, a pretty big system moving through over the weekend, moved right across the, the northern tier of the country. It's now in Ontario. Uh, it dropped a pretty good amount of snow across right, right up near the, uh, the northern border there. We had, you know, over six, eight inches of snow. Uh, that system's kind of moving its way out, um, but you know, we're still feeling the effects of it. We've got uh, some pretty strong winds behind that. There's some wind gusts 40, 50 miles an hour, especially if you're close to the lakes. It's uh, the, the Great Lakes there. Uh, and cold temperatures really have, have really built in behind this. We finally got below zero here for the, for the first time here in the Northern Plains. And those, uh, those cold air, that cold air is going to stick around for the next couple of days before that next system moves in. So when you talk about snow, where and how much? Yeah, so for this last system, it was right near the, the Canadian border, and we got, I think the highest amount I saw um, was actually in the Arrowhead of Minnesota. Uh, I, I think there were over 20 inches of snow there. Uh, this next system moving through looks like it's going to take a track right through the Central Plains and then move up into the Great Lakes, so we'll see a band of snow on the north side of that track. Right now, that looks like it's going to be around Nebraska and South Dakota and then uh, up into uh, Minnesota and western Wisconsin. Uh, amounts are going to be tricky with that because it's going to depend exactly how, you know, how we, we talk about us, us weather people talk about, uh, it all depends on stuff happening, but it looks like it's going to be a, a nice bit, uh, moderate band of snow. So we're going to see some six inch, uh, reports out of that one, I think. But some of the areas that could use some moisture may not see much of this. Unfortunately, no, with, uh, with that system kind of taken, um, uh, we call them sort of Texas hookers that go down into the Texas panhandle and hook up to the, uh, up into the, the Great Lakes. And unfortunately, those ones don't really produce a whole lot of precipitation uh, for the southwestern plains that have been mired in drought for the last couple of months. So this, we're, a lot of people 
getting all this wind right now. That's kind of one of the features that you mentioned here. Yeah. So the wind, yeah, like this, this storm system here is producing some good wind. Um, you know, usually our, our, uh, late fall and winter storm systems, they don't have a whole lot of crops or leaves to get in the way of the wind to slow it down. So they whip around pretty good. This next one, um, I, I didn't take a look at it too closely. Uh, but I, the way it's wrapping up, I would assume that there's probably going to be some decent wind with that. If it coincides with that snow band, we might be thinking about blizzard conditions. Wow. So temperatures uh, have been kind of up and down uh, here in, in December already. Already we have been, um, but that's changing next week. So after the system moves through, uh, storm systems are going to dig out further in the western U.S. and off the coast uh, going into the, the, the weekend and into next week. So uh, that's actually going to pump up a nice big ridge of high pressure across the middle of the country, and we're going to get warm next week. So we may have some record warm temperatures in the middle of the country next week. We'll have to see if those uh, pan out. Well, we'll watch for that. All right, let's uh, look at South America because uh, a lot of the focus there. You know, are they going to get dry? Is La Nina going to be a you know mean dry for them at some point? What's it looking like? So far, it's been mostly regional. We've had uh, some dryness across far southern Brazil. That's been kind of the area that's had it uh, the, the most. But uh, also par portions of northern Argentina have uh, been drier than normal so far. Um, and uh, a system that went through over the weekend completely missed them. So over the next several days here, we're going to be talking, or we're, we're looking at dry conditions. Um, there will be a, a I wouldn't call it a system, but it looks like some uh, focused showers across southern Argentina about the middle of the week. They're going to try to migrate their way northward, but it's going to be really tough to do. I think they're going to stay mostly dry for northern Argentina and southern Brazil, keeping in that uh, La Nina pattern. Marcus will be keeping a close watch on weather in South America. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so back to where we started. The farmers here wanting to know about outlook for 2022. You can't get as specific as they would like, but what are the the uh, trends that you see right now for 2022? The biggest thing is uncertainty, unfortunately, because what we're going to be seeing is La Nina degrading into more of a neutral state. So we don't have a huge, big climate driver uh, for the for the late spring and summer season. So uh, over the next few months, we're pretty locked in. We've got a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. Um, but unfortunately, right when we're going to be talking about planting and in April and May is when La Nina goes to more of a neutral state, and uh, uh, we lose the the big the big picture uh, focus on, on on the weather. So La Nina, and we've talked a lot about this 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 double La Nina, this repeat La Nina. That's what we're going to continue to be looking at going into 2022. Then correct. So it's it's with us through the winter. Um, it goes to a neutral state this spring, um, and then after that, it's a it's kind of a toss-up where it's going to go. It's going to be really difficult to get a third La Nina in a row. Um, there are a couple of models that do that, though, uh, once we get beyond July. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I have a hard time believing we'll get a third one. And if we do, we're going to be in trouble, in, especially in the, western, in, in, the, in the western plains. Because it would be dry, right? It, yes, yes, because it would be dry again. Does that happen very often, back-to-back-to-back, one of these? As far as I know, it's happened once, and that happened in the, um, uh, basically between 1999 and 2003, is where those, those three winners in a row, 19, or 99, 2000, 2000, 2001, 2001, 2002, all had a, a La Nina. And yeah, that was, that's kind of incredible, 
Um, you know, a, a double one isn't isn't uh, very uncommon. Actually, it's it's quite common. Every one we've had in the last thirty years has had uh, another La Nina behind it, except for uh, '95. Um, but uh, getting getting a third one would would be would be incredible. So we hope that doesn't happen. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. All right, John. Good to see you here at the DTN Ag Summit, and. Uh... We'll try to get as specific as you can for them tomorrow, right? I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll try. They'll, get, they'll give you some uh, specific locations on the map, and they'll ask for what's the weather going to be like that in April next year. Yeah, sure. I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure to do that. Thanks Good for Good luck. Me. All right. DTN meteorologist John Baranek here at the DTN Ag Summit in Chicago. Stay with us. Much more to come. You're listening to AOA. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day -day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with Vapor Grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of bear plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system, from global market access to local expertise. We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. 180 over 111 and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92 and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100 and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it, or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. 
Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell. Everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We are at the DTN Ag Summit in Chicago. Joining us now is Will Mangan. He is the uh, Field Services Sales Manager for Winfield United. Will, good to talk with you. Hey, good to be here. There's so much talk and so many questions about carbon, carbon markets, carbon management. What are you talking with farmers about when they ask you these questions? You know, first off, just with uh, Land O'Lakes and Winfield United in general, I think that we are uniquely positioned to help farmers through this space. So number one, when growers come up and ask me about the carbon space in general, we think there's a lot of confusion out there. But as Land O'Lakes and Winfield United and Truterra, we think, you know, that farm to fork relationship that we are uniquely positioned to help farmers through that space and get them through the process. So we hear about there are opportunities there, income opportunities. Definitely. But what do you have to do as a farmer to take advantage of those? What do you need to maybe change in your operation or keep doing what you're doing? How do you manage all that? Yeah, so a lot of times when folks think about the carbon space, they think about no-till or they think about cover crops, right? But that plant health story is a lot bigger than that. And every grower is uniquely positioned and in a different spot to take advantage of a carbon market. So as Winfield United, obviously, you know, as part of the crop input side and with our aligned retailers, you know, we're uniquely positioned to help growers get the best bang for their buck or get the most optimal usage out of their acres. But at the same time, on the Truterra side, with Land O'Lakes as a counterpart, we are positioned to help get them the best carbon market offer the best one that they can possibly get out in the out, out in the marketplace. So how does a farmer start? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. There's a lot of different ways or a lot of different areas where you can go. But as Winfield United and Truterra, we're we're starting a, a program called Acre Navigator. And it really helps a grower through these steps. So a lot of times if a grower signs up for a carbon offering, maybe they're starting no-till Maybe they've been doing it for a couple of years. Maybe they've been doing it for longer than that. A lot of times they don't know whether if they're going to qualify or not, or if they're in position to do so. But as a part of the acre navigator process with Truterra and with United, we can help them down that path. We're talking with Will Mangan, field services sales manager for Winfield United, talking about carbon management, carbon markets. Uh, so many questions are out there. Uh, how do you know if you're going the right direction or not, or taking advantage of uh, what the opportunities are? Well, <laughs> you know, that's a never changing space, right? And I, I think that with our system that we are uniquely positioned to help growers do so. So how do they turn their, that practice that they're yeah. using on the farm into actual income? How, how do you market what you're doing? Right, right. So a lot of that 
starts with getting the information on the field and the operation, right? So uh, as Winfield United and working with our aligned retailers, obviously when it comes to crop inputs, putting the seed, the chemicals, the fertilizer on the acre, we have better, we have good insight to know how they're going to grow that crop. And then Truterra on the other side of it with the carbon market side of it, we are uniquely positioned to help growers, you know, collect that data, make, look at the data and make sure that they're getting the best offer possible. So you have to verify what you're doing. Exactly. To, to be able to capitalize on that. Exactly. And then do you, do you get into contracts? Do you, do you market like you farmers are used to marketing grain? How, how do you market that? Then? Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people think it's a lifetime contract, but really we're looking at it from a year to year standpoint. Okay. We, we understand that that farming changes year in and year out. So we're, we're not looking at lifetime contracts or anything. We're looking at one practice at a time, one crop at a time. When you're talking with farmers about the importance of soil health, what, yeah. do you, what are you uh, emphasizing to them? Yeah, so I, when we talk about soil health, again, out in the industry, a lot of times folks think about just no-till or just cover crops. And that's the only two things people really talk about. But if you think about soil as a whole ecosystem, there are a lot of things that go into soil health. A lot of things such as your crop rotation, the nutrients that you put on that soil, all the in-season management decisions you, you, you do throughout that year. Just think about at the end of the year, what's left out in that, out in that field, the residue, right? But a lot of that has, you know, a lot of what's put back in the soil is what you put into it. And, uh, and that's where I feel like Winfield United and Trutero working together, we can help growers get the best outcomes. So soil health needs to be a part of your management on the farm, right? Exactly. Yeah, it can't just be a one-off. It can't, you can't just look at no-till and cover crops as just one part of the equation because there's a lot more that goes into it. What are you finding when you talk with farmers about cover crops? How, I, I talk with farmers. Some feel very strongly yeah. about them. Some yeah. feel very strongly against them. Some right. are just kind of curious. What are you finding? Yeah, so I live in central Minnesota, so we have definitely not as long of a growing season as other areas in the country. So there are places where cover crops fit, and there are places where it doesn't. Sometimes it depends on the rotation. Sometimes it depends on the length of season. However, every grower is different. You know, obviously we know there's a benefit, but it's helping growers through that that, that makes a difference. But there are so many questions there. What cover crop do I use right. and how to manage it, right? right? I mean, that's, again, part of the management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and, you know, there's a lot of different flavors out there, a lot of different decisions that can be made. But, uh, again, it's, it's working with that your local retailer to make that decision because we all know that agronomy is local, right? So I can provide a recommendation for one area, but it might be, di- it might be different in the next area. You know, on, on the uh, carbon marketing, we've seen attempts at this in the past, and yeah. it didn't really pan out that yeah. well. Do you see it here to stay this time? You know, I think so, because if you look at all the the outside industries and the outside pressure on this market, I, I think there is some really big opportunity, and I think it's, yeah, it, it's definitely here to stay. I think farmers are somewhat hesitant because they're not sure of, how to make it work for them. Right. And so they're going to really want to do due diligence, right, before yeah. they enter yeah. into Yeah, and I wouldn't expect a grower to jump right into it. Uh, 
there are a lot of different things that you have to take into consideration. And, you know, some growers, where they sit with their management practices, they just aren't ready to implement those because, you know, for every action, there's a reaction, right? So you have to make sure that that you have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed when you decide to go no-till or cover crop because it's changing that operation completely. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, especially in Minnesota, if you decide to no-till, there's always a yield drag, right? Or that's what people tell me. So that's why people decide, well, maybe it's not for me. But like I said, you know, when it comes to hybrid decisions or nutrient management, a lot of those other things on the farm, when you take all that into consideration and understand what your risk is for making that management change, what the upside potential is, and, you know, that that really helps make sure that that grower is best positioned to make that change when they decide to do so. And I think part of all this, too, is kind of the chicken and egg scenario we're waiting for these carbon markets to really get established. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, farmers are probably thinking now, so do I make big changes in my operation before they have those markets available? Right, or, right. So it's gonna, a lot of this is going to be timing moving forward. Yeah, so I think that's where Truterra and Winter United and Land Lakes, where we're uniquely positioned that we are taking it a year at a time. So if, if, if you decide to work with Truterra and Winfield United, we will make sure that you have that best offer possible for when it comes out in the marketplace. And that's, I think, something else we're kind of waiting to see. What are those offers? Yeah. How much of an income opportunity is this going to be? Yeah, and time will tell, right? I don't think anyone knows. I mean, I don't, neither of us have a crystal ball. You know, we, we, I think there's opportunity out there, but we'll just have to wait and see. That seems to be the direction we're headed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, that's why I think there's some caution involved in, and, and making sure you have a good relationship with the company you're working with, right? Definitely, definitely. To someone who can kind of walk you through step by step and make sure you're doing the right things to take full advantage of these opportunities. Yeah, and the opportunities could change. You know, today it's uh, cover crop and no-till, but maybe in the future we're talking more about nitrogen management. You know, who knows uh, the opportunities that, are, that will be out there in the future. Yeah, this could go a lot of different directions, right. that's for sure. But it sure seems like this is the emphasis that's being put on now as we hear more and more about this for agriculture. Well, good to talk with you. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. All right. Where can people get more information? Yeah, so if you want more information, either talk to your Align Winfield United retailer or go to trueterraag.com and you should find all the information you need. Very good. Thanks, Will. Yeah, thank you. All right. That's Will Mangan, Field Services Sales Manager for Winfield United here at the DTN Ag Summit in Chicago. Up next, we're going to talk with Andy Nelson, John Deere Small Ag Marketing Operations Manager for U.S. and Canada. Stay with us. We're broadcasting from Chicago. You're listening to AOA. AOA is brought to you by Synex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils. Oils that run smart. Egg retailers, co-ops, and custom applicators have enormous productivity requirements. With thousands of acres of fertilizer to apply in a short window of time, they don't have time to make mistakes in the field. Intelligent Ag's Recon SpreadSense is the first ag technology that monitors the flow of product on floaters. The technology identifies flow issues to avoid streaks in the field that can hurt yield potential. Reduce the risk of misapplication by investing in Recon SpreadSense. Never doubt what you're putting out. Visit IntelligentAg.com to learn more. 
Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the ag industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Ag. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Ag. We hope to see you online. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall. On Thursday, the USDA will release its monthly supply demand estimates. Traders will be torn between getting into the holiday spirit and adjusting the government numbers. However, traders don't expect the USDA analysts to make many meaningful changes in this month's report. On the Board of Trade, March corn trading six cents lower at 578. The May contract down five and three quarters at 580 and a half cent. For soybeans, the January contract down eight and three quarters at 1258 and a half cent. The March contract down eight at twelve sixty-three and three quarters. For wheat, Chicago wheat March down eight and three quarters at seven ninety-five. Kansas City wheat March down eleven and a half cent at eight twelve and three quarters. Minneapolis spring wheat March down four and three quarters at ten sixteen. The May contract down seven and three quarters at ten oh one and a fraction of a cent. For livestock, December live cattle was the only contract which closed higher on Friday. There is anticipation for higher cash again this week, but traders may wait to see if it materializes before adding further premium. Last week was a good week with cash for both live and dressed. $3 higher. Higher box beef prices on Friday indicated demand is strong. Even though prices increased, they are substantially lower for the week with choice losing $6.08 and select down $3.60. For livestock on the Board of Trade, the December live cattle contract up 27 cents at 137.95. The February contract up 15 at 139.10. For feeder cattle, January down 17 at 163.95. March down 77 at 166.32. For lean hogs, the February contract down $1.90 at 79.60. April down 90 at 84.97. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rawl. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We're at the DTN Ag Summit in Chicago. Joined now by Andy Nelson, John Deere Small Ag Marketing Operations Manager for the U.S. and Canada. Andy, good to see you. Good to see you. We were just talking during the break that it's an amazing time. The technology that's available now and uh, different ways to apply it to different 
aspects of agriculture. And you're here actually uh, talking especially about what you can offer in working with livestock and dairy producers. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, it's great to be here and great to visit with a lot of the customers that are here. And, and uh, as we think about precision ag uh, technology, a lot of times we think of, of just the production of crops, but we really have something for the dairy and livestock producer. Um, we've got Harvest Lab 3000, um, and what it provides is the ability for us to be able to see moisture, what we're pulling off when we come out of the field with that feed that we're chopping uh, with a forage harvester. And, uh, and then it helps us to be able to make some decisions as the feed goes into the bunk. And one of the really unique ways that it helps us is because of the moisture that it's sensing, it will make adjustments on the machine to change the length of cut of that feed stock as you're cutting it so that you get optimal packing density across that bunk uh, when you go to put it in for the ensiling process. It shows just, we talk about precision agriculture, precision the key word here, isn't it? That's that, yeah, that is correct, and, and, and so we're getting down to, to that level coming out of the field, um, and as well as it's, it's doing about 4,000 readings a second, uh, the sensor is as it, that feed is being chopped. Um, so it does a really good job for us and, and really helps that producer as they're putting the feed in the bunk. That is amazing that we can get it down that close, and we're as part of the connection, the connectivity now, right? I mean you kind of link up everything in your operation to get to that end result. Yeah, that's right. The connectivity side of it then, you know, with, uh, with the, the, the connected machine and the John Deere Operations Center, then that producer, you know, if they want to grant somebody permission to come in and see what's going on, maybe it's a nutritionist that may be on there on the dairy, they can see what's coming out of the field, as well as then when that feed comes out of the bunk to be put into a ration, um, we're able to use that harvest lab technology again, then to see what we're getting out of the bunk, to be able to look at dry matter, to be able to look at crude protein, acid detergent fiber, and a few other constituents that may be there, and, and, and be able to use that as we formulate our feed and, and mix that ration and adjust it on the fly there, right there at the facility. So really a great product that helps us uh, not only chopping the feed, but then also developing that ration. So that's what's available to producers now. How do they access it? What do they need to do? Yeah, so uh, if, if you've got a forage harvester, um, you can get connected with JD Link for free. You can see your local John Deere dealer. They can get you set up. Um, the machine can be connected, and then you'll be connected with John Deere Operations Center. And that's kind of the, the beginning of, of where you start to work with your trusted advisors. We're talking with Andy Nelson with John Deere. Andy, for someone might be listening and say, that sounds pretty complicated. How do I get started in that? Yeah, uh, you know, really the dealer is the key and, uh, and, and the dealer has got the, the tools necessary to help get you set up if you're a producer. Um, so uh, that's, the, of course, the best place to turn. And they've got the people that are, are definitely the experts in the technology side and to be able to walk you as a customer through getting set up and getting prepared to, uh, to put it into your operation. And what we're looking at more and more is each step in the process, right? And uh, going back, maybe before you didn't emphasize one step as much as another, and it might have been costing you at the end. If you can maximize each step in the process, you get a better result at the end. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And what does it take to do all I mean, do they have to have, um, obviously, the equipment, but do they have to have... Uh, uh, anything else technology-wise on their operations to be able to access all this? Uh, just uh, a computer is, is really the big thing, or, or even, even just a mobile device 
you can get connected to the John Deere Operations Center uh, and then get access to, to all of the machines that are connected and, and your information. We have heard so much about using that kind of technology in, in field crops, but we're just now starting to hear more about it, as you said, for livestock and dairy producers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so, uh, you know, this is just a, it's kind of a building block. We start from a harvest site, we go into the bunk, we could talk about the feed coming out of the bunk. And I think the other big thing is then how do we utilize some of this technology, maybe even in growing crops? And I think the, the third big piece with the, the Harvest Lab 3000 um, that you'll find is that it does uh, constituent sensing on manure. So if you're applying liquid manure, it will tell you, you know, how much nitrogen is coming out, how much phosphorus, potassium is coming out. Um, it works for both liquid uh, cattle manure as well as liquid hog manure. And then you'll get a, uh, a map, an application map, and you can even set a variable rate based on the constituents that are there in that liquid manure. So we're truly going from one end to the other and then putting the nutrients back into the soil. It would seem we're just scratching the surface about this kind of technology and the potential of it. Yeah, it, it's it, uh, definitely there, there's, a, there's a bright future for what we'll be able to do down the road. And this is just kind of the entry level point. Uh, with it as it relates really to that, that chopping of the feed, uh, mixing of the ration, and then, and then a pl application of the manure back into the field. You know, I think back several years ago, you just kind of grew the crop and you kind of thought, well, I'm either going to feed it or I'm going to sell it at the elevator or whatever, uh, and didn't think a lot about specific end uses. Now we're getting to where we know that specific end use, so we want to make the improvements on the front end. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the technology allows us to do that, right? The better the technology gets, the better we can do it at making those adjustments and making the changes in our operation. Yeah. So I'm just thinking as you're planting a crop now, you're thinking, okay, I'm thinking already I'm going to be feeding this, right? So uh, uh, that's why I've got to do specific things to make that the best quality feed for the animal. That's right. Well, and, and I think a lot of it too gets even back to the agronomic side. If you start to think of what makes good feed, you know, it's, it's about the nitrogen. A lot of times determines the protein that's in the plant. Um, so it, again, it gets all back to the details of, of uh, the nutrients that you're, you're feeding to the plant, that you're feeding to the crop. And then that in turn has a big impact on what comes out kind on the other side. Full cycle, yeah, that's right? right? That's right. So that's kind of where we're headed and we're seeing that more and more. How are you seeing uh, producers starting to adapt to this new technology? Well, yeah, we're seeing it, uh, you know, we're seeing it grow. We're seeing it getting used in, in a lot of different areas. Um, and, and really and truly, you know, I think the big thing for us is, is people just want to get some experience with it. And, and so that's where even just from a demonstration side, it's been really important for us to have that on a lot of our demonstration forage harvesters and people get access to it um, and then see how it works and see how that maybe can be applied in their operation. Bit of a learning curve. That's right. There. That's right. Yeah. So how far along are we into this now, you think? And, and what do you see as the next step? Now, there's a... Uh, a lot of it will continue to grow. A lot of it's going to be continuing to build on, on what insights are we delivering and how do we make quick adaptive changes with those insights as we move forward? How do we help the machine to be able to change and adapt as we move forward? Because it seems like as we discover one thing, take one step, that opens up the possibility for the next step. Is That's that right? right? That's correct. Yep. So at John Deere, then you're listening to producers and, and they're saying, hey, could we do this? Could we go this direction? Could we take this this next step? And then you work together moving forward. That's right. And the producers tell us, you know, they, any of the focus groups that we have with the equipment, we're constantly meeting with customers. We're constantly pulling customers in. 
and trying to find out what are the pain points, what are, what are the, the issues that hey, they have, or, or what are the areas that they see for opportunity to grow. And that's where who we're listening to. That's who's giving us direction and telling us, hey, these are the problems that we need to have. These are the problems that we need to solve. And then we go and figure out how we can help them. And the producer also saying to you, if I'm going to make an investment in this kind of technology, I have to see how, what's my return on investment, right? How's it going to help me in the long run? That's right. That's right. So the, the, how you marriage those two things is the key moving forward. So right now, if you're talking with a, a livestock or a, or a dairy producer and you go in and you say, here's what we've got, this can change what you feed your animal and better uh, end result for you. Are they skeptical of that Do you, or, or, or are they open to that? I, I think a lot of people want to see how it works in their operation. They want to experience it. Um, they, and, and a lot of them probably also want to look at, you know, maybe where have I had some problems in the past? Maybe where would this help me to address some of those problems or keep those problems from happening? Um, and so that's really it's how does this solution apply to me? And how big a change do I have to make? How much is it going to cost? Those are the kind of questions I'm sure they're asking yep. too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so when you talk to them or when the John Deere salesperson talks to them, what's a good starting point on this new technology then? Yeah, I, it's a big thing for, for us is, is getting connected, getting the machines connected. Uh, and again, you know, that gets right back to the John Deere dealer and they can help them to get their machine connected, get them set up on John Deere Operations Center. It's free. Um, and so that, that's the easiest way to get not only the machines connected, but then they can select who their trusted advisors are, who their trusted people are. And then that starts to build the, the network that they have uh, for sharing the data, sharing their information with just their trusted sources. And whether that be from, from an accounting side to a technology side, maybe a feed side, um, even to a crop growing side. A lot of different uh, uh, experts in their own fields that can, that can help the producer to, to do better at every step along the way. That information is so key. And then who has access to it, who uses it, how you use it. That's all part of now farm management, isn't That's it? That's right. That's right. And it, uh, we were talking about this before going on the air, but a key part of this for farmers to take full advantage is this is why broadband access throughout rural America is so important to be able to tap into this technology. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, you know, it, I, I see it all across the news and everything I read every day, that, how important that is. Well, it's amazing to see where we've come, uh, how far we've come and where we may be going with this technology and that this technology is not just for the row crop producers, but also for the dairy and livestock producers as well. Andy, thanks for bringing us up to date. Good Thank to you. Talk to you. All right. That's Andy Nelson, John Deere Small Ag Marketing Operations Manager for the U.S. and Canada. Up next, we're going to talk supply chain issues with Dr. Jeff Bunting, Growmark's Crop Protection Division Manager. That's next as we broadcast from the DTN Ag Summit in Chicago. AOA is brought to you by Synex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils. Oils that run smart. What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans and if left untreated can lead to death. Unfortunately, less than one in four Americans have much knowledge of this disease that kills more than 25,000 people every year. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. 
If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65, have been treated with radiation to the chest, have been diagnosed with a heart murmur, or have a history of heart disease, it's time to listen to your heart. Ask your doctor today about screening for heart valve disease. A message brought to you by Heart Valve Voice US. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. You are not your diagnosis. A medical chart is not your identity. And vision loss does not define you. Your drive shows who you are. And you are not alone. Because we are driven too. To be a beacon of strength. A champion of courage. An advocate for hope. You are not alone. Because we are stronger together. We drive the research for the cures we are finding. We're fighting macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, Usher syndrome, and the entire spectrum of blinding retinal diseases. We fund. We fight. We, we win. We, 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 we are, are the, the foundation, foundation fighting, fighting blindness. blindness. Together, we are fighting blindness. Join the fight at fightingblindness.org. When you choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, you're putting proven yield advantage to work in your fields. Extend Flex soybeans offer elite genetics built on the proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. In fact, farmers saw a four bushel per acre advantage and a 70% average win rate over Enlist E3 soybeans in 2020 germplasm trials. The Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Always follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. For more than 135 years, the editors of Progressive Farmer have provided generations of farmers and ranchers with the information they need and trust to make informed and profitable decisions. We know you need that content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we created our weekly podcast called Field Posts. Join me, Sarah Mock, each week as I interview agriculture's top thought leaders, as well as farming's most diverse team of editors at the Progressive Farmer and DTN on a wide range of subject matter. From farm policy and crop production to finances, technology, and so much more, you'll have a front row seat to learn and engage in what's happening in agriculture today. You can find the podcast listed on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or by visiting our website at dtnpf.com backslash field posts. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're starting to see some early signs of the approach the Biden administration wants to take towards relations with China and, and trade in particular. We see U.S. Trade Representative Tai working on building kind of a coalition to work on this issue with the U.S. Let's talk about it with Doug Berry, Senior Director of Communications for the U.S.-China Business Council. What are your thoughts on this approach that we're starting to see from the Biden administration? The big looming issue now is, of course, what happens with the Phase 1 agreement that has provided 
an opportunity for U.S. farmers to ship their products uh, into China at uh, competitive tariff rates, not the excessive ones that have been slapped on by the previous administration and which uh, China responded to. That agreement expires in January, and there's nothing right now to replace it. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We're at the DTN Ag Summit in Chicago. Earlier, we heard from former Iowa governor, former U.S. Ambassador to China, Terry Branstad, he talked about the importance of gets, getting something worked out with China. So we know the uh, trade agreement, phase one, ending here at the end of the year. What's going to happen? A lot of questions about what will the uh, direction be, the policy be moving forward after that. So he was emphasizing the importance of getting something done on that. So the uh, DTN Ag Summit underway. Good to have people back in person again. One of the uh, speakers, uh, one of the people that'll be uh, here at the program, but is on his way. Joins us now by phone, Dr. Jeff Bunting, Crop Protection Division Manager for Growmark. Dr. Bunting, thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, thanks for having me. Hey, I was just thinking uh, about how many times you must get asked about supply chain issues and problems and are they gonna be worked out by next spring and planting season? That's gotta be a pretty common question you get. This has been very popular over the last probably six to six to nine months uh, on this on this topic, and and um, as we approach the uh, the new calendar year, I don't think it will probably quiet down either. Well, what's the answer? What are you telling them? Uh, what can we expect? Are we seeing improvements in the supply chain? You know, I would I would I would tell you this, and and you know, we'll get ready to do our, our our talks afternoon up there in Chicago, and and looking forward to uh, get together and. And get the questions that we've been we've been getting, uh, but but again we, we come through a fall that was uh, we had a lot of concerns about fertilizer and 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 hydrous ammonia and and getting supply there and logistics and we came through that pretty pretty well and and I would I would tell you this too from a crop picture standpoint uh, a lot of our suppliers are feeling pretty good right now and, and again it, it, it may not uh, may not be your first choice but we do have options out there. Um, and also, probably also in our benefit too is time. We've got a lot more time now to prepare for these these uh, these challenges between now and the first time. Well, first time we'll plant we'll plant that corn crop. How do you think we can't, you got through the fall season? Um, sorry, what was that again? How do you think uh, you got through managing those issues through this fall season when uh, farmers tried to get as much done as they could this year? Well, again, it, it's probably all about all about forecasting and planning. Um, I know my colleague on the nutrient side did a good job of, of uh, identifying the market and, and getting ahead of it. I, I know there's a little bit of a challenge around some force measures that were in place, but again, those suppliers realized that uh, we needed to get these uh, these inputs and, and put them on this fall. And and and, and so far, um, it went pretty well. And, and in some areas, uh, probably a little better than we thought. What are you? recommending to farmers what are you suggesting to them as they look to next spring and the plans that they're wanting to make and uh, 
questions and uncertainties they may have. Well, I think I think right now, and this is what we've always we've always done, um, you know, basically since last uh, last spring was was good communication. Um, you know, your your FS cost specialist, um, you know, really is the key to your your decision making. And and if they know what you want to plant, they know what you want to use. I'm I'm pretty sure right now they'll find you an option that that that, that you'll need. And a lot of that is somewhat. Um, I would say link to your herbicide traits, uh, especially on the soybean side. Um, if they know what you're going to plant on the traits, um, then they'll be able to kind of back it up in regards to what chemistry you're going to need to get the weed control that you expect on your fields. If a farmer hasn't talked already with his supplier about next spring, they should be doing that, right? I would say do that as soon as possible. And, and, and again, as we get to the end of, end of this year and, and, uh, Decisions are being made. I continue to kind of watch, you know, our our seed division and and what traits are being sold, and then I'll go kind of go back and kind of do. Um, I'll need this many acres of uh, glufosinate or Liberty, or I'll need this many acres of of, of Paramax or Dicamba. All, all that kind of in my mind is how we kind of go back and and identify to make sure we can have a one for one, an acre of this soybean trait with this acre of chemistry and. and Hopefully between now and, um, and again, like I said, next uh, April or, or May, we'll have options in place. The other question, of course, many farmers will have, I'm sure, what's it going to cost? How high will the price be? That That's probably the biggest challenge right now. I mean, first off, it's probably, can I, can I get it? And then again, you know, what will it, what will it cost me? And that really is kind of in a moving target. You know, I'll, I'll present some numbers today in regards to, you know, uh, what's, what has chemistry done and cost in the last uh, the last two months? And it's as high as sixty percent price, and I mean the cost increase on a couple couple of key uh, key actives. Um, you know, again, right right now it's kind of like you know what what can I what can I buy it for? Uh, but again, the first question is when, when can I get it, and again, what will that cost be? Yeah, I'm sure that's uh, kind of right at the top of mind for a, a lot of producers. Do you see any? Or do you, are you having any, do you have any concerns about bottlenecks or anything like that? Problem areas within the system? That's a that's a great question because I'll I'll ask the same thing too. You know, cause again, you know, we talk we talk to our suppliers and and uh, you know when when to expect a shipment of product. You know, either being a bulk tank of of, of Powermax or you know a package of of, of, of a fungicide, you know, tote or a two and a half gallon jug. Really, the question is, you know, when can we get it? And and, and right now, you know, we're we're kind of going through and and when they wouldn't expect it. Uh, but but again, I would say right now, probably my biggest concern right now is is you know, like a, like a year ago in February, we had that really um, you know hard freeze in the Texas Louisiana area, and that really kind of shut things down also um, for quite for quite a while. And, you know, we, we can't predict when we'll have a mother nature or have some sort of issue or production issue and things are outside of our control. Um, but if, if we can get a situation where we've got perfect conditions, you know, everything, everything shows up on time, you know, we've got plenty of, plenty of supply of package and, and even, even the little plastic film on those jugs were in tight supply last year. So everything needs to be somewhat working together. Um, to make make it all work, and those questions I ask our suppliers too is, yeah. given the best case scenario, when, when can we get it? And those are questions we ask every day. Dr. Jeff Bunting with Growmark. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
All right, that wraps it up from the DTN Ag Summit in Chicago. More tomorrow from here. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.